Do you, feel, no. <laughs> Do you feel like a mess sometimes? No. No? Quit lying to me. Okay, yeah. It's got to be true. Yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. Why? I told you all. I told you why. <laughs> it was personal reasons. Personal, too personal to say. Gotcha. How would you feel if you could work through that mess? This is not an infomercial. I think that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Would you do it if you could? Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> do you think that has to be a skill to be trained to oh, yeah, implement things to get better? Of course. Of course. Okay, yeah. hundred so percent. Just because the solution's there, you're not yeah. going to just, you know. Yeah, I think just do a lot of things are just skills you need to pick up or improve. Like what? Like, uh, for me recently was getting in tune with myself. I yeah. feel like that's a lifelong thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, but yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, it just kind took of a me, general... you know, 24 years to start doing it, you know? Hey, t you'll probably, <laughs> you'll probably be 60 years old and be like, I'm finally in tune with myself, you know? Right. <laughs> and then you'll be almost dead and you'll be like, I'm finally in tune with myself. So then... I have a feeling like one is never quite perfectly in tune with themselves. They can be pretty good, but I don't know. Anyway, so I've been on that kind of note, you know, things need to be trained. Um, last week we were kind of talking about some things and brought up like meditation as a solution for de-stressing mm -hmm. and kind of taking a break. And so we were going to look into that, correct? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because you look into meditation and I'm thinking, ah, relaxation, relaxation is meditation in a way, you know, things kind of disappearing from your brain and you're going to be relaxed. And it's not exactly quite that. It seems um, that is a lot of, there are certainly a lot of different types of meditation, first off, more than just the two we were talking about. Okay, so online... I, I did just do a quick engine search on mm -hmm. it, but I, I saw just articles or blogs where all sorts of different types of things, different websites that have their own app. And there are, I've seen many different types of meditation, but in terms of like how many there are, because some say there are like nine, then there's 16, then there's 18. So there. I feel like there's um, probably groupings. I don't. I didn't get far enough into it to probably get the perfect groupings. Mm -hmm. But I feel like things um, they're similar, but you could mix and match, combine, slightly differentiate, and you can get. You could probably get an infinite amount of ways to meditate if you look at it that way. Okay. I just kind of looked at you know the more common ones and kind of their implementation. But I also found that most of these types of meditation, they can bring on relaxation, but it's not, it's not necessarily, the point of them isn't just to relax, per mm. se. It's to train yourself in something else, and some of those things will bring relaxation, peace of mind, and other things like that. So it's, you're training your brain, and you're training yourself, um, in various different ways and the product of that is something better something more relaxed more focused something like that so i actually found that despite what i thought you know it's not about you know just sitting there like mm, just peace of mind and although that can be that will be a product and can be a product it's more about training in a specific manner so mm -hmm. And I know you were looking up kind of the history of it, or a history of it. What did what'd you kind of find in that well, respect? Before that, you just talking about that reminded me of a video I saw about a monk explaining kind of how meditation works. Um, before, you know, most people think of it as the, you know, hand gesture and the om. This monk described it. I mean, he didn't really describe it. He kind of told you how you can do it because you don't need to be in a position like that to meditate. You can meditate anywhere at any time. You can even just look into the clouds and just meditate. Meditate with your eyes open. Meditate on, you know, 
here or there it doesn't it it doesn't have to be a specific spot or position or anything which i thought was interesting because i never thought of it like that like meditating with your eyes open and just <laughs> staring at something yeah you <laughs> growing up and obviously i wasn't around a, a lot of people meditating mm -hmm. but whenever anyone was talking about meditation it was always you know get in a comfortable position and close your eyes it was never you know keep your eyes open or anything like that it was always um, just close your eyes and breathe which there's a lot of that that you can do in these different types but mm -hmm. um, well, that's not the, all it is and I think the eye closing part is just trying to focus more without it, any distractions it can be an aid because i yeah. mean most of your brain is set up for you know movement and visuals mm -hmm. and so if you stop moving and you kind of keep the visual to a minimum you know yeah then you're relaxing your brain in a way it doesn't have to use it itself so much so so do you know latin uh no i know of latin okay well is it a person no <laughs> Did you want to guess the uh, the the Latin word to meditate? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. You're probably not. But in an English accent, is meditatum. Meditate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it means? To focus. To ponder. To ponder. Okay. Yeah. Ponder about what? Yeah. No, no idea. shit. Like, <laughs> to ponder. Okay. Oh yeah, but um, so more of the history on meditation. Uh, there's no date that it really goes back to, so it's just kind of up in the air. That. Yeah. Um, it can be pretty much just brought as far back as you know when shamans or hunter-gatherers were known to be existing it could be around that time it could be a little bit before no one knows but we definitely know that those hunter-gatherers and shamans do know how to meditate and has been passing it down through generations so i thought that was kind of interesting at least we can get some sort of basis of when it started i almost have a feeling since it's cut because it's kind of a, a thought-based thing that no matter what even if you've never been around it or don't know what to call it at some point in your life if you were completely isolated from people meditating in the word meditation that you would probably end up um formulating something like meditation mm -hmm. often in your just in practice and in your thoughts and in your mind and you might never call it meditation you might not have that fixed way of doing it but you would probably you know have your own type and do it a specific way and yeah. just because it's so thought-based and you know what's crazy it, people could just do this and not be able to like call it something not even know it and yeah. then you just imagine other people just being why are you so like this and then you just have no words to describe it or how you do it you just like I, I imagine this i feel like people do it during the day more than they think they do mm -hmm. um because one of the ways is or a big part of it is becoming conscious like a type would be, be kind of becoming conscious of your own thoughts and such mm -hmm. and you don't have to do that on purpose per se for you to kind of be like why am i thinking that like people do that all the time during yeah. the day they go why did i think that thought like that's a little weird and then it, but that's a form of meditation mm -hmm. um, but if they do it intentionally you know that's more of what we call meditation gotcha so, so you can still do it like subconsciously in yeah. a way yeah that's interesting has that ever happened to you all the time all the time yeah and so i was what, reading like, through so do you just like stare off into something and then you just think about stuff or uh it depends and if if i run through the types it'll make a lot more sense okay. what i'm talking about okay. um just you you'll be able to see where you're like oh i've done that i just didn't do it for you know 20 minute sessions or i was working on this one thing and i did that for eight hours straight 
Mm. So it's it's things people do. It's not something that's um, just kind of in this section over here, like, oh, that's meditation. You have to go and do that. It's things people do already. I think the difference when you meditate is it's more intentionally doing that. That's what I think the difference is between just doing it and calling it meditation. Gotcha. Is when you call it meditation, you have the intention of doing it, mm -hmm. is what I feel. Uh, uh, yeah, that that's what I would think. Um, I, yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's still the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is the same. It is the same, but I, whether I, you know it or not. But I understand where you're coming from. Like, if if you are going to do it, you know, you, you can just label it meditation. Yeah, you have a name for it. Subconsciously, it's just if you just do it, you just kind of do it. Yeah, you might be yeah. working on a bike or something, mm. and you just do it. You're not you're. Yeah, you yeah. might say, "Oh yeah, I was working on bike, and I thought this." I was working on bike. I was working on a bike and thought this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So going down more uh, further, um, meditation became a lot bigger through the influence of the Asian culture. So over, in the, over in the <laughs> East, over in the East, my Eastern brothers. <laughs> if you go far enough East, is that considered the West? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I don't know. I think East is just a directional. Yeah. If you're looking at the map. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Buddhists use meditation as a, formal component in a spiritual way um, because you know buddha big impact he lived in southeast asia about 2600 years ago so even though it's 2600 years ago it, it's that, not that much time yeah it's it doesn't it's like how many generations is that like <laughs> 26 generations not that long but um buddha being the way he is you know he inspired um to other people to sit in a mindful awareness through breathing and there were three different types of training um i, d I couldn't find these specific types of training but they did mention one and it was just meditative um concentration i don't know what that necessarily means oh we'll hit that I still, oh is, yeah i got that really one it's included you'll you'll see it you'll okay see cool, it. i'll cool, have cool. to find it i but. didn't know that was a type of meditation so i'm glad that you know you're able to follow i mean you you that. just said three types so <laughs> i mean three types of training i didn't know that was like three types of dude meditation is training okay <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say okay, okay. <laughs> i got it i got it i got it okay and then the other two were just proper ethical conduct and wisdom of seeing things as they truly are so i guess it's mostly just like being aware which which yeah which we talked about in one of our previous podcasts being aware and subconscious and conscious and you know all that oh shoot awareness versus being conscious <laughs> god that was kind of yeah yeah that was, that, that was a can of worms i was wasn't prepared one, yeah. for yeah <laughs> but yeah so there are those three different types of training and people would just travel to gain insight on his teachings. So people would just travel to him and just learn this. And it just became a very big thing. And that's why he was so respected and inspired so many people. Because his way of living was just one that other people wanted. And gave him more peace of mind. And like like it said, just seeing things how they truly are and just accepting things. So I'm kind of curious, um, since your your family's from the East, they're from Vietnam, right? Yes. And I have seen kind of like Buddha influences in your house. How has that kind of um, influenced you and your family's culture and just your exposure to that? I want to say religion, I'll just say religion, but those teachings, have you kind of caught wind of those teachings? So with me and my family, I would say that my sister and I were exposed to the teachings, um, but we weren't really explained why or how to do things. So even now, I'm still unsure how to do things. Every now and then, when we were younger, my parents 
aside from you know just going to temples which we occasionally still do aside from that when we were younger we would have you know the buddhist shrine in our house and we would take incense and then we would just pray i wouldn't know what to pray for so i would just sit there with these incense in my hands just sticking out from above like this <laughs> and i'm just i'm just thinking nothing i'm just like what do i do what do i pray for and then just recently maybe not that recently i think maybe a year year and a half ago i learned that oh you should always um you should always pray for i guess the dead too like my grandparents i've i've I don't know my grandparents either, so I'm just like, how am I supposed to do that? But my sister is able to, and it's just very weird because, like I said, no one was taught how to do things or why we do things. It was just, just do it. So does it kind of feel like a, a bit of an empty gesture when you do it? Yeah, definitely. So we're here praying to Buddha. Don't know. I I think I generally just stick to, you know, I just protection for the family, really. Hopefully nothing bad happens to us type of stuff. And that's that's kind of my default. That was my default. <laughs> uh, we still go to Buddhist temples and do all the chanting and sitting down on our knees, praying, that sort of stuff. Not so much, not as much anymore now that we're older, um, but it's something we used to do, and it took hours. Do you think at some point in your life you'd actually grow into those practices again, kind of realize their meaning, and actually take those mean that meaning in and go, oh, I understand this, um, and I'm going to do this too? I feel like I would definitely take some of the things into practice. Um, just like I know how much meditation helps people. Um, not, you know, just specifically how Buddhists meditate, just kind of in general. And just being more mindful and aware of everything. So I, in a way, there is that getting to enlightenment but not to the degree that they go to as in like worldly possessions type of like how are you gonna reach enlightenment enlightenment with without you know trying to get to that degree man i, I mean it's that's kind of interesting though yeah so i wonder maybe we should talk about that some on another podcast because mm -hmm. it seems like you've been you've kind of been around that culture a little bit and we can maybe explore some things and you might have some anecdotes on maybe stuff you've seen or heard. Maybe. I don't know. I, I just remember just sitting through a bunch of chants. <laughs> like, it just words that I do not understand. It, it was ne neither Cambodian, Vietnamese. Did it have an anything. effect on you, though? Did you feel something while you were there in any manner? Tired. Tired? Being on your that. knees for like <laughs> two hours, just in this position, just I don't, I don't even know the words. Like it just sounds like a bunch of sounds to me. Sounds like you don't know the words, yeah. And no, I've even, I'm pretty sure I've asked my sister, and it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. She doesn't know the words. Like it, there, it literally just sounds like elongated words. That's it. So is it supposed to be words? Do you know? I don't know, but everyone fucking knows it. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> so I know they're not made of words. It's something that everyone does. Okay. Yeah. So there's some kind of rhythm or tune to it that everyone just knows yeah. the chant. Maybe it's just one single chant that just takes bits and parts of it. And then people just do parts of it. Because, like I said, just for multiple weddings, um, I think two or three weddings that were held in Vietnam when we went, always chanting for like from day 
like noon to you know dawn did at your sister's wedding i know you guys had a um you she had two she yeah and the the one in the morning was the more traditional yes type wedding um we did do you did praying. some chanting yeah we did okay. do praying uh for how long i wouldn't say too long maybe if i want to say roughly 45 minutes mm-hmm. but we walked around the restaurant to holding you know various objects in a line and yeah i i just come to learn that asians can't fucking form a line like <laughs> they can't stay in a fucking line and it pisses me off i'm just like dude get the fuck away from me this is why you're stepping on me get away from me you're not you're like trying to get in front of me but you're not supposed to it's a race <laughs> I, it, it, it's very upsetting Th- those are always very upsetting like even Is this the, every uh, time you go into a line, people are trying to pass you. I mean, every Asian line I've been in. <laughs> like even in Vietnam, we we had to do that, but it was for like a I think it was like a two three mile walk. Oh jeez. And it was just, it was just people stepping on you and trying to get in front of you, and it's just like, why the fuck? What? What? For what reason? It's a line. <laughs> for what reason? Like where where the fuck are you going? Like you're holding this specific thing. Neck, uh, in this position for a reason there's a person right next to you with the exact same fucking thing just stay uh, just stay side by side by them it's not fucking hard <sighs> wow i got triggered apparently <laughs> it's one of those uh, internal traumas being released oh okay well <laughs> so back to that yeah back to this so back in the east um Japan actually adopts meditation and in the 7th century a Japanese monk uh, Dosho D-O-S-H-O traveled to China to study Buddhism under San Feng you don't have to say names if you (laughs) yeah okay but that person that one guy and so Dosho opened a meditation hall after training under that meditation master and started teaching his own form of sitting meditation. So that was cool. And it is known as Zazen. So I don't know what that is either. I didn't look up the formal names of any of these. So, <laughs> But yeah, so that was pretty cool. He did his own form. So it just started spreading after the whole buddhism thing do you know how it got to the west yes i know that's actually next okay because that i know it's not as amazing as you think it is well because here's the thing i know native americans meditated they called it something different and i think they called it medicine or something like that i don't um they'd say i'm I'm gonna go do medicine Mm -hmm. and that's what it was or i i don't know exactly but there was there was meditation and ritual type stuff that they did. But yeah, that's going back to what I said about uh, the shamans and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it didn't originate then, you know, just probably didn't have a name for it. But something I see kind of nowadays is not so much that type of meditation. It's more mm. like a um, simplified version of Eastern mm. um, influences is what it feels like. Okay. Or from what I've seen. I gotcha. Because of like yogis and such. Yeah. <laughs> um, meditation in the West. Um, it was populi- popularized in the mid 20th century. So fairly recently. <laughs> which I, I definitely so see. So 20th century is like 1900s, right? I believe so. Just yes. making sure. I think it's, it's always one behind. But I think even in the past, like, you know... 20 some years like i can definitely see a difference between like then and now that's that's what i'm talking about with the the, it's it's kind of been simplified and just kind of pushed out there Mm. it's it was separated from kind of its more religious type oh yeah practices and separated from the spiritual type Mm. stuff and so a lot of people were getting into it and also there's been scientific study on it yes and that's that kind of i know that pushed it Mm. a lot more in the recent years 
Alright, so the there was an arrival of meditation masters from the east who were invited to, you know, come to the west to share their skills and knowledge of meditation to people who are interested, really. This interested students and the students um, or some other students also traveled to the east just to learn meditation from other masters and just come back with that information to share with their family or friends. So it's not really anything special. It's just either one going to the other or, you know, just going back and forth, really. Do you know why they were invited over or did they just come over and start sharing with people? I actually don't know. I didn't read anything about that. I just, all it said was they were just invited over. Like, okay. Oh. And so kind of once that started, I'm guessing then people are like, oh, yeah, maybe I can go over there and just mm -hmm. learn straight from there. Yeah. So, you know, they would go to places like India, Thailand, Burma, you know, just a bunch of other Asian countries just to learn that type of stuff and just come back with it. So it was very easy to spread because of those things, especially when you want to share them with your loved ones to try and, you know, get them to think a little differently, uh, feel differently, just, you know, feel better, I guess. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, you probably found this maybe, but the most influential figure in the sphere of mindfulness is Dr. John, I, I don't know. No, I didn't know. No, I, I didn't find that. John Cal, Cal, Boat, then, uh, Let me see that. It, it's really hard to read, too. Okay. <laughs> so you can look him up. If, <laughs> How if, are you supposed to look him up? <laughs> he, he is the founder. He founded the Center for Mindfulness at the University of Massachusetts Medical School in 1979. How did that affect everything? Well, well you know. Oh, the scientific. Like, yeah. Okay. Re okay. Now I can see. Now I research. see what you're talking about. All right. So. He um, created that in 1979, which is mind-blowing. Just, just a white dude. <laughs> you know, it seems to be a common occurrence. They go, oh, this is cool, and then yeah. go research it. Uh -huh. And then it's like, this is why. They're, they're, but yeah, uh, he also created the mindful mindfulness-based stress reduction which is the MBSR. You know. So I'm guessing that's where what people typically think of as meditation kind of came from. Yeah. And so what that pretty much did was he brought in the benefits of meditation, the mindfulness practice, but without the spiritual aspect and the religion, which gotcha. you spoke about a little earlier. So he is the uh, just a very, you know, big person because he was the first just to do that. Mm -hmm. So... That's that's all I have. That's what you got. I mean, that kind of brings it up generally to. I mean, there's probably so much more history, but oh, for sure, that's a good that's a good overview yeah. of kind of how it got over here. So, with meditation, first off, like we were saying, there's a shit ton of types, and you know, it it all kind of trickles down from a different type, or it's a derivative and such. So, I'm just gonna put say some common types of meditation okay. and ones that um, will train similar but different aspects of your brain and kind of they have their own benefits in the way i kind of looked at it i i put down how you do it some benefits and maybe who would benefit from it so i saw a couple videos they did it in this format so i combined a couple um sources of information okay and just kind of put this list down so the first one that we'll talk about and this one what is most common that you find would be the mindfulness breathing meditation and <laughs> you're right i was just so excited breathe breathe but it's focusing on the sensation of breathing and while you're doing that, when a thought appears, you notice it, you let it float around, and then you bring your focus back to breathing. So that's that awareness people are talking about, where it's like you're becoming aware of your own thought. You kind of see it come in, you let it be there, 
and then you let it fade away. And so you're kind of outside that thought. In a way, if you're going back to breathing, is that kind of like a, <coughs> wow, more of a discipline thing too? It, yes. So this one, this one actually, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's a combination of two types of meditation. Mm -hmm. And when I get to that other type, then we'll talk about it. Got but it. the first type that it's kind of um, combined with is open awareness meditation. And that's just the, the awareness of your conscious thought, the awareness of your um, thoughts and practicing to observe your thoughts without judgment. So just seeing them as they go by, not being them, not being a part of them, not saying that's a terrible thought, just seeing that the thought is there and letting it drift away. And the benefit for that is um, increasing, you know, creativity, problem solving, be able to being able to look outside of something. Um, it allows you to let go of your thoughts and help you not overthink. And that's just with this one type of meditation. Just this one. And they all have very similar benefits. But if you're overthinking, you're getting stuck on thoughts. Maybe you become your thoughts. You think you are your thoughts. So separating yourself from... Um, you are your thoughts into being like, oh, I have a thought, but it's not necessarily me. And being able to observe that thought without saying it's good or bad immediately, just observing it, um, that'll allow you to kind of get outside of that, that overthinking and um, that judgment of yourself. So it kind of helps with those things. People it would be good for, um, people who would like to be a little more creative with things, like to solve some more problems. That's a basic thing. Everyone wants to do that. Mm -hmm. um, control your negative thoughts. So if you got like a busy brain and it's a lot of negative thoughts, this is something that's going to help you out with that because it, it forces you to do this. You have to separate yourself from it yeah. and you have to just observe them. So that's the first type. The second type that we're looking at is something called meta meditation and that also known as the loving kindness meditation. And it's pretty much the purpose is to send love in all directions. Sounds very soft, right? <laughs> but it, it has a purpose and here's how you do it. You start with yourself and you visualize and repeat kind of predetermined phrases or feelings of like, uh, may I be happy or something like that. You know, something positive. And you send love to yourself first. You have to you have to do that with yourself and then you do that with someone else you visualize and repeat it maybe you say it sometimes but i know the meditation itself you don't have to say it to someone else but you're you're descending love in your visualizing brain mm -hmm. to someone else and then it would be um someone that you don't know or you don't know them as like a whole and you send love to them like, OK, you don't know this person, but you're going to send love to them anyway. And then finally, someone that you hate, someone that you hate, you got to send love to them. And you repeat those phrases in your mind and you just send love, per se. That's interesting. The benefit is to increase empathy, emotional intelligence, social skills and reduce emotional pain. <laughs> now, it also helps. It kind of makes you a more pleasant, happier person, per se, because, you know, that person that you hate, you're not swirling with negativity when you think of them because you're sending love to them. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you won't judge them as much or maybe you'll seek more understanding, that empathy. So those people around you, you know, you won't be so hateful and you feel like you're closed off. You'll kind of have more of a joy about things and you'll just be able to connect with people easier for that reason. Mm -hmm. And who is it for anyone who feels hateful or angry all the time? If you're just like, I hate the world, I hate people and you're angry. This is something you might want to do. You're training your brain to be more empathetic, to think more about love than the hate of something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's pretty much just training yourself to be more loving. And empathetic and I feel like people need to do this all the time be appreciative you know that's something that goes into it that is true it's 
more difficult to appreciate something. Because it's so easy. It is so easy to go, I hate that person. I really hate that person. Maybe they cross you. Like, I've said it before, and, and I have to catch myself every time. Like, I don't really hate them. Mm -hmm. And then be like, okay, they're a person. They got their struggles, you know. If anything, I honestly wish them the best. Because otherwise... You know, they might, you don't want them to deg degrade. You want them to improve. Have you ever thought of, uh, not like, Hey, I don't hate this person, but I hate all these things about them. <laughs> I wish some fucking luck well, in life. Because, yeah. I man, wish, you I wish they wouldn't buddy. do these things. And then you also have to look at yourself and that kind of thing and go, okay, there's a lot of things people hate about me all the time. And so you can't just hate somebody for doing something. Uh -huh. So it may not, you may not like it. And maybe the things they do are kind of severe and you may have to do some actions to stop it. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I, I, you really don't want to have those thoughts of just, I hate this person. I hate this person because that's that person is not necessarily their actions or their thoughts. Yeah. So, and if you wish them well off and provide opportunities for them to do better, that's, if they improve and first off some a lot of people will try to be better most people want to be better and when you give them that, that opportunity they will try to fulfill that and when they do get better they may do less of the things that you hate if those things are something that's you know generally bad you know and this was just i i just i just want to make sure this most right most okay because I definitely because sometimes people do things that you hate, but those things that you hate, you hate them for a very specific reason, mm -hmm. and there's really no issue with them doing that thing. Yeah. It's just you're picking up on it, you know. It's mm -hmm. so I say I say most, and um, not everyone is willing to change. Not everyone wants to change. Not everyone has awareness. Yeah, a lot of people really. Most people like staying where they are, but a lot of most people also want to do better and be good. Have you so. ever dealt with someone who say they want to change, but just don't don't all the time? There's um, I could think of a couple people right now that I'm just like, because, oh. you know, they're like they're on the cusp yeah. of trying to improve themselves and not necessarily do a self-improvement journey. I mean, just trying to be better. Mm -hmm. but you know when you live most of your life um in a terrible manner or terrible things are happening to you all the time like you grew up in a really rough situation mm -hmm. um it's hard to turn off that fight or flight mode it's hard to kill those habits that you know kept you alive you know yeah, kept yeah. you functioning in different parts and societies and such yeah so it's yeah it's it's a little harder just to be like do better like yeah, that's not you. that's not it's, a, it's like their survival instinct they yeah. needed to do it you can't change anyone yeah. is the thing you you can't change it morning only they can change themselves yeah. and you can't get them to change themselves either which that's one of the hardest things to think about it is and just because you think something they do is wrong doesn't mean it actually is how do you know what you think is wrong is actually wrong mm-hmm Maybe they're right yeah. and you're wrong. Because you've never been in their situation. Yeah. And you've never been in their shoes. And you may think you're so aware and you're not. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> just send love to them. Just <laughs> and, and send love to yourself because yeah. maybe you'll find that, oh, maybe I was in the wrong here. And then you're like, okay, that person has no issue. I was being hateful. That happens a lot. Mm. The next one I'm going to go over is guided meditation. Pretty much this is um, you follow an instructor or a narrator on anything. This is your apps, your videos, your even in person. And this, this can this kind of encompasses a lot of different types of meditation. It's just included in here because it's it's an easy form to get into. If you don't know what the hell to do. Um, like if I were to start meditating, you know, that might be a little hard sometimes mm -hmm. like, oh man, I want to do this type. I just don't, just don't know how, or I can't get myself to do it. It may be easier to follow along to a video like, Hey, this is how the process is supposed to go. You know, Hey, do this at this time. It kind of takes that, 
takes that that stress of like i need to do it and kind of just takes that away someone else is helping you through it so you just kind of tag along and do it too so it's easy to do easy to get into easy to start so that's one of the biggest benefits it's less intense you know so, i started doing guided meditation did it help <laughs> oh shit oh, i want to say it, it does um but lately it has been like some dissociation mm -hmm. with myself and just having a guided meditation to keep myself grounded yeah definitely did help although i did fall asleep to it <laughs> that dude that's totally fine <laughs> uh, it's also used for like exploration maybe you just didn't know about a type of meditation so it brings to your awareness things you didn't know, gaps in your understanding. Mm -hmm. So this isn't like guided meditations aren't like only for beginners. Like experts do it too. It's, you know, getting knowledge. Maybe they've been doing something a certain way and they do a guided meditation. They're like, oh, okay, I liked that. You know, mm -hmm. it was different from what I usually do. Yeah. And it helped me in a different way. So guided meditations are great and they're it, it, the category of guided meditation pretty much encompasses all meditation just guided <laughs> just someone else just like walking helping you through you, the yep, steps helping yeah. you along um providing something to just keep you going yeah the next one is focused attention meditation and this is what was mixed with the breathing uh -huh. one so it's any sort of meditation where you focus on a stimulus and that could be sound, sensation, visuals. So something you see, you're seeing a bird, you know, fly in circles. Maybe you're just focusing on that. Or maybe you're just focusing on a touch on your arm. Mm. Or, you know, you're breathing. You're focusing on your breath, just how it feels to breathe in and out. So that is mixed with the open awareness meditation. That's how you get that mm. mindfulness breathing. The, this, um, oh yeah. The focused attention one sounds more of just trying to be more in the present and just focusing on something. Yeah, that's going on. Maybe it's your heartbeat. Maybe you're just focusing mm -hmm. on your heartbeat, or maybe externally the way the wind's blowing. Yeah. This one, you don't have to be. You don't have to do that awareness, like thinking, seeing your thoughts as they pass by. No. In fact, it's almost you know take out your thoughts. Um, Although you could still think, but it's just focusing on the sensation or the visual. Just that maybe is maybe it's uh maybe that was one of the teachings from the Buddhist thing is just becoming aware at, of everything as it is. Yeah, that would I'd feel like that that kind of can go go hand in hand. Just maybe. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't it would be that teachings. because part of awareness is maybe you are. Your meditation is focusing on your body when you're sitting down. Mm -hmm. What is my body doing when I'm sitting down? I'm breathing. I can feel my heartbeat. I can, oh, I can feel, you know, my stomach and my legs. I become aware of my legs. And so now when you're aware of all those things, you know, that's something. Becoming aware of everything, your body is part of everything. Yeah. So you're becoming aware of that. And so focused attention this is what i was talking about last time when i was talking about you know like maybe your sport, like you're doing a sport and or you're lifting and you're just focusing on the movement or this or the sensation of like a bicep curl that's a meditation too oh is it yeah because i know everyone just calls it a mind muscle connection that's it exactly you're focusing on a sensation and that mind muscle connection is legit. You're actually, you know, you're allowing yourself to um, recruit more muscle mm. and be able to actually consciously flex that muscle. Cause a lot of people, they might do a movement, but they'll use a different muscle more than the other. So yeah, yeah. but it, it in weightlifting, this can really help with your lifts and help you build muscle because uh, when you have a better mind muscle connection like that you actually people will be able to um grow muscle faster because mm -hmm. you can actually intentionally work that muscle in a movement that makes sense but yeah so literally anything that's visual hearing maybe a sound maybe you just turn on some music and you were just focusing on the way the music sounds 
maybe you turn on one tone and you're just listening to the way the tone sounds. It's just that focus. And honestly, I really like this one. It, it sounds just so, so peaceful and so interesting. Uh -huh. But it, it could also be like in an exhilarating moment. You could, as long as you're just bringing attention to that. Mm -hmm. uh, benefits. Um, you, it's easier to detect errors with things because you're just more sensitive to, to think you can, you can just see things better. You can become aware of things better because okay. the way you're putting attention to it, um, overcoming impulses. Really? So, yeah. So if you are focusing on a sensation, right, your mm -hmm. whole goal, focus on like, say the touch on your arm for like 20 minutes in order to focus on that, you have to ignore other things. Yeah. And impulses are kind of thoughts that are like, hey, go do this. <laughs> so you have to ignore, oh, get up and do your homework. No, no, no. You got to ignore that. You're just focusing on the sensation. Mm -hmm. So it kind of helps with focus in that point, in, um, in that kind of way, and impulse control. Yeah. So who is it for? Those who struggle with focus. If you struggle with focus, this is going to be something you want. And you can literally do it with anything. Anything that's interesting to you, which is the best part. You don't have to do something boring to you. Anything, just focus on the sensation or the visual or the sound. And that'll help you with your focus, um, impulse control. And also, it, kind of as a, a consequence, it'll, it'll help you beef up your school and work. Mm-hmm. You'll just do better because you can kind of focus thing on things better. So it's just increasing focus and all those benefits that come with that. Okay. Um, you would probably want to start with just one thing. If mm -hmm. you're focusing on too many things, you may not last that long. But yeah, just a little bit. Next one. Mantra meditation. So this one is the focus of repeating a phrase or series of words. So this might be, I don't know, maybe like the chanting or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, the whole purpose, or you got to keep them positively phrased, kind of like this. It's like, I'm confident is better than saying, I'm not anxious. Mm -hmm. Because if you say, I'm not anxious, I'm not anxious, I'm not anxious, you might be more anxious. Like it's, it's like, don't do this. Don't hit that button. Don't hit the button. All you want to do is hit that fucking button. Yeah. So it's instead say, I'm confident. And then anxiety is nowhere to be found in that mantra. Mm -hmm. um, it, the benefits depend on the mantra. What are you saying to yourself? You might have increased confidence if you're saying, I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident over and over. Um, if, I don't know, another one, like I... I'll pick up on someone's emotion. No, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, what would be another, a positive? Um, that's kind of hard to say. Cause all I can think about is just like a personal thing. You can just you could say, say I'm courageous maybe, or I'm brave. And so maybe when there's adversity, you would be more likely to yeah. um, take action or do be courageous in that moment. Um, so yeah, when you re repeat the phrase, you start to believe it. And you're kind of programming yourself in the way that when you say something, you listen to it too. Mm -hmm. So every day when you're like, oh, I'm a piece of shit, you're listening to that and you're programming in your head, I'm a piece of shit. And so you're going to act like a piece of shit or something like that. So what you're trying to do with this mantra meditation is reprogram yourself by saying it over and over and over because you'll listen and you'll believe it. Yeah, um, I want to say you find that a lot in just a lot of public speakers and just changing mindsets type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm familiar with in the mantra meditation. I just never really made that connection. It was a type yeah. of meditation. So that's really interesting. So when you do this, you could sit down and just start saying it. Mm -hmm. Or another way I've heard it is whenever you start to, whenever you're either in the situation or start to have a thought that contradicts that mantra, you replace it with that mantra. Yeah. So you're just kind of aware when you're saying the opposite and you replace it and you just 
try to reprogram yourself and keep negative programming away. Is that where fake it till you make it comes from? I think so. I think so. Which fake it till you make it has an essence of truth. I mean, I used that in high school. Yeah, nothing, you know, nothing will replace like the genuine thing. But if you fake it, you may pick up certain things or you may try to mirror people in what they do. Mm-hmm. And you might actually learn something and then you might actually become, you know, real. Yeah. Although if you're just faking it and, you know, say you're just spending, spending a bunch of money because, you know, all these people who have a bunch of money are spending it, but you don't have money. Oh. <laughs> You're not going <laughs> to see, I wasn't thinking in a, like a physical position. Type way. Well, I'm just saying like, that's the first example oh, that okay. came to my head, but gotcha. yeah, it, in another, mm-hmm. in another way, just like, I'm confident. No, that, you I, say I, that over to, and I over. I had to do that a lot in yeah. high school because my social anxiety. And then you're going to act confident, right? I mean, it helps. generally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you may not know exactly how, but it may better yourself in that manner and then you'll act a little more confident and you're like you know what i am confident i definitely (laughs) say that i am a lot more confident since doing that say it again except take out more to say i am confident i could definitely say it made me (laughs) stop programming yourself to say i'm confident i mean i'm confident no cut out that first shit to say i'm confident i'm confident good good okay I see it too. You're a very confident person. <laughs> so that's kind of who's it for? Um, people with certain beliefs, beliefs about themselves that are holding them back, bringing them, or they're bringing themselves down. So if you keep trashing yourself or you don't think you're shit, um, this would be what it would be for. You know, if you're not a confident person. Mantra might be, I'm confident, and then start doing confident things. So, not sure. But that's kind of where it goes. That's who it's for. The next one, uh, it's called pranayama. Don't know what that word means. Probably should have looked it up. Pranayana? Yeah, pranayama. Yama. Yama. Pranayama. Pranayama. Uh, It's breath control meditation. Not just, you're not necessarily just focusing on the sensation of breathing. Uh, you are focusing kind of on the pace, so how you are breathing. And so you could think of, you know, box breathing, which is breathe in for the same amount of time, or let's say four seconds, you'll breathe in four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold mm-hmm. for four seconds, and just keep doing that. You could think like Wim Hof breathing, if you're familiar with that. That's a type of breath control stuff. When... When you see a lot of monks and such, and they have like these very specific ways of breath control. I know in yoga, they have different breath control methods. Mm-hmm. This is a type of that, or this is kind of like the the top and a lot of things trickle down from there. It is the controlling of your actual breath. Like in demon ways. slayer. Yeah. yeah. You know, I found that interesting because, um, you know, Wim Hof method or in, I think yoga, it's Tumo breathing. Okay. Um, it warms you up and such, and it helps with like adrenaline and blood flow. Mm. And so you'll be able to like, you know, you'll be stronger per se, but yeah. you'll be more awake and aware. And it reminded me of Demon Slayer of how, you know, maybe that's accurate. Maybe, maybe in very particular breathing, you're just going to be better. And they, some people have said that doing Wim Hof breathing and such has helped them, you know, heal faster because of adrenalines and some other things it's like you said that breathing to help the body warm up mm-hmm. i've heard different like labels for that like even fire breathing yeah yeah tumo fire yeah. wim hof stuff like that it, it's slight variations but it's the same supposedly the same thing i think that's interesting and i i remember in demon slayer when he's trying to do the breath work all yeah. day and i i equated that to people trying to do like wim hof breathing you know, for extended periods of time or breathing to induce hallucinations where they have to breathe heavily for three hours or something like that. Oh, you know, it's crazy what? that I think about it, that breathing training that he does, mm-hmm. he does it 24 seven. That's what I'm saying. And you, for, I, I forget what it's called, but people breathe a very specific way to induce hallucinations. Right. And some of those um, sessions last like three hours. So I thought of that when I'm 
thinking of like Demon Slayer and their breathing techniques. And also you think when you're um, when you're lifting where you place your breath will either help you or hinder you with your movement, especially when doing heavy weight. Mm -hmm. So you kind of combine the two and Demon Slayer makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I always thought that was interesting yeah, watching definitely. that. Uh, so yeah, pranayama breathing uh, benefits, calming, de-stressing effect, and you know helps strengthen the lungs. I mean, you are you are doing breath work. You are using your lungs, and yeah, those are those are some good benefits for that. It's good for people who are trying to calm down. It's a great place to start because it doesn't require much from you, like box breathing. Mm -hmm. You can just box breathe. You can just start breathing that way. Wim Hof breathing, maybe you learn it a little bit and then you can just start breathing. You're just sitting down. You're like, how about I'll just breathe right now? Just start breathing. Yeah, you just start breathing in a particular way. You don't really have to put too much to it. And then the last one I have is movement meditation. So the focus is on making a movement or the sensations that occur. So this is kind of like that focused one. I forget what it's called. What did I call it? Oh yeah, focused attention, meditation. So I find this one like that, except specific to movement. Mm -hmm. And um, they say it could be, it could facilitate creativity in the present and being present at the same time. So I think this one's an offshoot of that other meditation, specifically mm -hmm. to movement. And I like it because it gets people movement or moving in tune with kind of their body, how to use it. And it, it could be used as a form of exercise. So if you're like, I want to meditate or I want to exercise, but you're not going to do both. Maybe you haven't formed those habits. Movement meditation. How about you? Your meditation becomes your movement. And an example that was given was dancers. Mm -hmm. They have to be very present in what they're doing, but they also, also have to have creativity with what they're doing. So it's kind of a good mixture of that. And so they're very focused on their creativity keeping a flow while also just being in tune with where they're at now mm -hmm. you have to understand where you are in space in order to make another movement so and who's it for um if you have a hard time sitting still this is great <laughs> you could just you could just focus on walking you could focus on running you could focus on any particular movement um if you don't move a whole lot in a day, this would be a great one because mm -hmm. it's a form of exercise, gets your blood pumping. So kind of why I put it down there. It's uh, And you can learn movements. You can learn some cool stuff. So that's that's what I got for different types of meditation. And all of them are just, they're easy to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever dabbled in a few of these or if any oh yeah um in various ways like i was saying people do it on accident yeah because um, that's that's definitely what i'm getting the mindfulness breathing i remember just like sitting there i stressed out a little bit and just pacing around pacing around pacing around and then i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. you're running your your head into the ground pretty much mm -hmm. and so i was just like i need to focus on something real quick something even so i was focusing on my breathing and then i was just like like think about what you're being stressed at and exactly this meditation you know just looking at the thought without judgment letting it pass by another thought comes up regarding similar things doing that and just doing that until i felt like i created a space that i could actually go and do something without yeah. you know being tied up by something stupid that I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. So that certainly helped me. And, you know, that meta meditation, sending love to other people, that helped me not be so bitter about situations and others. Mm -hmm. That helped me think about others a lot more and how they're just like me. So that empathy really worked. And I don't, I'm not really one for guided meditations. I don't like having someone else's voice in my head. Yeah, that, it's something you really need to just like look past and it's really hard. Although, if you're listening to podcasts and they're bringing you through, say, ideas, mm -hmm. like they're going step by step through an idea or 
a situation or a thought process, mm -hmm. I would count that as a guided meditation, as long as you're focused on that. Mm -hmm. Because first off, when you're listening to a podcast, it sounds like it's in your head. It sounds like your own thoughts. That's true. And so it's you're focused on that. And when they're bringing you through a thought process, you have to think about that at each step. And so I, I feel like that could almost count as guided meditations if you do it properly. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're focused on what they're saying, if you know you're kind of being guided through a thought process or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. All these are kind of you do them all the time. Yeah. Um, but the realizing them. Yeah. The only difference I think when you call it a meditation is you do it intentionally, mm -hmm. and that's what I mean by that. Is these are training tools as well that if you're sense. like i suck at focusing maybe you need to pick one of these that will help you mm -hmm. with focusing and you start out small and you just you train that shit yeah. it almost reminds me of you know the um you know the game fallout shelter you ever play that uh i've seen a little bit that's so they kind of have like little stats you know that are you know like okay. perception or intelligence and it oh. helps them do a particular job yeah Right. But you can also get these rooms that like a weight room, it'll help with strength. Right. And a school it'll, thing, it'll help with intelligence, intelligence. Yeah. Stuff like that. Okay. That's almost what it is for these meditations. If you're like, I have sucky, you know, intelligence or say I have sucky focus, whatever, whichever one, then you pick, you pick your meditation and you go do that, you know, mm -hmm. or I have sucky strength. You go lift weights like that, that kind of, um, equivalency with, you know, your attention and meditation. So yeah. if you suck at something, train it, these are training tools mm -hmm. and you're never going to be perfect, but it keeps you sharp. Yeah. Cause I can definitely say that all of those, I have definitely done a little bit in my lifetime in each category exactly maybe some more than others but definitely mm -hmm. hit pretty much all of them and you're not even trying yeah you don't even try and you hit them at some point mm -hmm. and but it might make a difference if you actually try think of it like this you casually you casually you know run around mm -hmm. are you going to be an olympic athlete probably not but if you train running all the time you're going to be able to run pretty yeah. fast or pretty far. So maybe not an Olympic athlete, but you'll, you know, get better than most people or be extremely functional more than you were. So just, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. No, but that that's actually really nice. I, I like how we got the history, a little bit of history of them and then, types. And we just kind of, I feel like we got a good amount. Now, would you would you actually start intentionally using this? I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I, I've started some guided meditation every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, and I even, I'm going to try and get a mobile app for it. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of sucks with mobile apps. It's very a prescription prescription type or, yeah subscription and such because i think most of them right now are about 70 or 80 bucks a year what yeah so it's i mean that's not like much per month, month. But, but still yeah, that's like, seven bucks a month i'm just like kind of a lot. Uh, i mean go on youtube maybe find a playlist no no de definitely you can just, <laughs> just if you don't have money just go ahead and youtube it like that's the best way to get easy access all these should pretty much be free to do yeah definitely. and if you're just sitting down you could do all of these yeah. in some form or another. So it's something easy to get into. For me, it I'm trying to remove the aspect of looking up a specific type and then taking time, like choosing. Yeah, just I'm putting it on. and I'm trying to remove that aspect because I know I will not be able to choose because there's so many of them. So for me, I'm kind of focusing more on... Well, I'm doing a lot of these just trying to be better at them. But mainly one that I really need to do is that focused attention meditation. Mm -hmm. And that's mainly because of school. Because I've always sucked at studying. I've always stuck to, sucked at starting and getting into doing something. 
Hey, remember so, it, your mantra. Yeah. You are good at You know studying. what? I'm actually pretty good at studying. Yeah, honestly. you are good. No, you are good I, at studying. <laughs> I'm good at studying. You're good at yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna good. Stu- Damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how the turntable. <laughs> <laughs> but I found I was doing some statics homework, right? It's just some forces and triangles right now. Okay. And they they take they don't take that long. It's just there's a lot there's a bunch to account for especially when you're new at doing it mm-hmm. so it takes some time something i've found that i actually really i enjoy doing the homework it's usually like four problems but i enjoy doing it because i can't do anything else while i'm doing it. i just have to make sure all my variables are set straight so i have to kind of focus on it a little bit mm-hmm. and this is this is it's very helpful for studying other things I found. Once I doing this homework, I've actually, you know, improved in other areas because I'll sit down. One sheet of paper is one problem, just so I have enough space. And then I'll have the problem up and then the step by step, which I won't look at until, you know, either I need it or just to check my answers as I'm going through to save time. Right. Yep. So. I'll kind of pull both of those up. I'll break out my pencil and my calculator and I'll go through each step. And I found it so enjoyable because I don't have to think about anything else. And the way statics is for right now, at least, is you kind of set up the problem and then it just kind of sets itself with algebra. Like you just you end up going through the motions. So you think you think hard a little bit in the beginning and then it just then you're just going through the flow. Okay. for the rest of it so it's i kind of enjoy it a little bit mm-hmm. and it's i've been able to focus on it and so i've been using that as a tool to help me study for my other stuff you know just to be able to just okay get every lay everything out in front of you get what you need prepared and then pull up what you need to and mm-hmm. think for a little bit and then you know go through a flow think gotcha. for a little bit and go through a flow and just kind of do that over and over again so okay wow. that's one that's one thing that i'm trying to utilize but anyway all right try to meditate man yeah, try it try out meditate even focus. just for a little bit focus on your breathing don't forget to breathe just be aware just be aware and send love in all directions <laughs> remember to manually breathe manually breathe yeah in out in out in out in out <laughs> you know what that breathing does hyperventilate yeah if you do deep hyperventilations i think that's close to um wim hof breathing because you're supposed to breathe in like really fast like and then relax and so you're like and then you like do some holds somewhere so that makes sense i've seen angry people do that (laughs) they heat up they get visibly warm all right and i guess with that i mean shoot put into the comments you know what what technique you're going to try. Um, again, if you got a topic that you're interested in, that we might be interested in, throw it in those comments as well on YouTube, and we'll look at those. And um, yeah, I think that's Like, that's all. subscribe, hit that notification bell button. And we'll see you in like two weeks. We'll, yep. Two weeks. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.